whoever is listening welcome back guys this is the man with the plan podcast episode 73 two episodes away from 75 should we do something big for that you guys tell me i'm excited for that and as the football season has come to a conclusion thank you guys as always for the support that you continue to bring onto the podcast so this is kind of the plan so wednesday i have a call with a potential interview I am setting an interview up with a basketball player, so be ready for that. And we have one that is kind of on its own. It's weird to talk about. I don't want to give away all the details or give away the name. So there's a lot of good things that are happening in the background behind the scenes. So this is actually one of our more normal episodes. So that's kind of cool. So as football season kind of dies down, basketball obviously becomes the next big conversation in sports. And so this is kind of like the two-week dead period where there's no football talk really, whatever, at, at all. It's kind of weird, to be honest with you. So we're going to talk about the Michigan coach getting suspended for the rest of the regular season for his fight yesterday, which you don't really see. You really don't see that. And we'll talk about that first. Then we're going to cover some quarterback drama in the NFC with Kyler Murray and then some Deshaun Watson rumors and how that impacts the NFC South as a whole. Going to quickly talk about the college football playoff going to just four. So we actually have a lot to do today. And then we have a mailbag segment after that. We'll take a break and then we will do that. So I'm very excited for it. We're going to move into basketball and we will definitely be doing our March Madness bracket challenge again. So be on the lookout for that. Signups will be coming very soon. I want to be able to get people an adequate time to be able to set their stuff up, get picks in, make sure they want to be a part of it. So really looking forward to that. The winner as you guys know, will longtime fans of the show will know that the winner gets to come on the show for an interview and choose the segments of their choice. Last year, we had Andrew Street, and we talked Georgia football, the Georgia-Clemson matchup, and they eventually became national champions. So if maybe if you're like a Texas Longhorns fan who wants Texas to be back, maybe there's some sort of power with that, but we'll see. So I really want to touch on this Juwan Howard thing. Because normally I don't watch Michigan basketball, and this year they've been kind of average. So they really haven't been must-see basketball. I mean, I've seen a couple games this year. I'll sit down if it's on and watch it, but I'm not taking notes, taking stock of it. Obviously, as you guys know, in my YouTube audience that's watching right now, Clemson always be repping the orange tea. But uh, unfortunately, my Clemson basketball experience this year, we've been kind of up and down. But, you know, it's a team with a lot of youth, a lot of energy, and I really love watching them. They're entertaining. P.J. Hall is a stud. P.J., if you're watching, I want to talk to you. A <laughs> uh, lot of a lot of great players: Alamir Dawes, Alex Hemingway. A lot of really great studs and a young core that could really develop into something really special if they can keep the band together. But nonetheless, I digress. So Michigan, wow. So I usually get my basketball information from Twitter, and so I'm scrolling through Twitter as I do, and I am just like this big brawl. And so usually when you associate the word brawl. You kind of think about the players. So I'm thinking, okay, which player, keyword player, <laughs> threw a punch? And the coaches kind of started to get into it. And then Michigan head coach Juwan Howard just, boom. And I'm, I, you guys can see, and I'm trying to really encourage the YouTube audience, if you want to watch it, me emoting the fist, the slap, the punch, the action. And I was like, oh, my God, you never see that. It is so unbelievably unprofessional to start off with for two coaches to get into a fight. Usually it's kind of the players that, I mean, they're kids at the end of the day, they're, they're 
20, 19 year old kids. So yeah, you can be like, okay, emotions getting here, but this is like their job. This is inexcusable. I honestly was shocked that it was just a suspension for the end of the season. Michigan's a bubble team. So if they finish the season well, they'll probably get in as a lower seed. But this is brutal to their tournament run as they're 14 and 11. And the Big Ten's obviously going to be a very powerful force in the March Madness tournament. So having your coach do something emotionally irresponsible like that and going putting I understand that he was mad about the timeout and the full court press, but at the same time, you got to keep your emotions in check regardless. It's like Woody Hayes from Ohio State punching the Clemson guy at the Gator Bowl. You just don't see that anymore. It's 2022, not 1978. Times have clearly changed. And even back then, it was unacceptable to hit a player for any reason. So having that in 2022 is crazy to me. And I just wanted to kind of touch on that. It was just like the what I saw this weekend. Call me Scott Van Pelt. But it was crazy. I, I'm really at a loss for words at that. And I will touch onto that with uh, some other stuff later. But I, I just honestly couldn't believe it. It was a shock to the system to kind of just see that take place. But really interested to see where that goes and how that develops because Michigan basketball has a choice to make. And I wonder if they will choose to fire him. I doubt it because he's such a good coach. But at the same time, wow, unbelievable. Okay, so another news that's unbelievable. So Kyler Murray has continued his feud with the Arizona Cardinals. And I kind of wanted to talk about two divisions. One is kind of like the, so we have the Rams, the Seahawks, the Niners, and the Cardinals, who have a quarterback issue now with Kyler Murray. I don't know why I just did that with my, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is. I am all for the players. And I don't know if this has become the new negotiation tactic where you go on social media and just complain and unfollow the team, unfollow the players, do all this stuff to prove you're bigger than this and that. I'm not a fan of it. Personally, if Kyler Murray had won the playoff game and he was trying to use this as a negotiation tactic, like, all right, whatever. But he got blown out in the playoff. They started 7-0 and and they collapsed to, I think, 11-6, and 12-5 which included a loss to Detroit, a really bad Detroit team. Inexcusable. You have, and I know there's going to be your Kyler Murray defenders going, hey, he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. I understand that. And this Rams team was the eventual Super Bowl champion. So I will give him a pass. But the way that it's panned out, I don't believe Murray's necessarily earned an extension as lucrative as a Josh Allen or what Lamar Jackson's eventually going to get or what Deshaun Watson got or what Brady demanded when he went to Tampa, stuff like this. I know Brady's only $25 million, but he had leverage. He was this six-time Super Bowl quarterback saying, hey, I'm worth all this money, hand it over. But for Kyler Murray, yes, he's talented. Yes, there's a lot of potential. There's a little bit of an injury thing. There's a little bit of a scare with the height for me. I just don't know what Kyler Murray has done to validate the Arizona Cardinals handing over their franchise to him for the next five years. I think he's worth it. I just want to see more. I would like to see him take the next step next year, continue to improve, continue to not collapse, put together a more complete season. Cause we really haven't seen that from Kyler yet. And you can say they made the playoffs though. They're improving each year. But yes. I, I think we've seen the same pattern. So from Arizona these last three years, they'll start pretty relatively strong. And then by the mid season end of the three, three quarters in they've collapsed and they have run out of ideas and Kyler looks flustered. So I just want to see how this Arizona team responds with or without Kyler. 
is a very interesting dynamic that they have down there in AZ. I don't know what's going on, but we'll see. Okay, so I think that we've kind of forgotten about a top quarterback in the NFL for obvious reasons. There's been a whole legal thing behind him. We won't talk about the legal thing, obviously, but Deshaun Watson. So about let's let's rewind the clock a year. Deshaun Watson has this whole big thing with the uh, Houston Texans, and he's gone. And the whole thing with Bill O'Brien, ownership, management, a lot of it was warranted. He sat out the whole year. It was a weird situation. After a really great 2020 season as well, the team went 4-12. and 12. They weren't able to do much, but Watson was that constant. They're like, okay, we can build off this. And then Watson said, actually, no, never mind. I want to have a trade. I, I demand a trade. And then the whole legal thing happened. So the Texans really couldn't do that because a lot of teams kind of got scared off of it. They're like, you know what? I don't really know. They don't, that's a lot of baggage for our franchise, especially with a quarterback with a deal as, a, as expensive as Watson. So teams have really done their homework this year. And the two teams that they've linked them to are Minnesota and Tampa, which is really interesting. Now, Tampa obviously is off the Tom Brady retirement. And Minnesota just added a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. But they have Kirk Cousins, who came off a really excellent year. But if that offer was there, would Minnesota take it? The faith in Kirk Cousins this offseason will be very much demonstrated with quarterbacks potentially like Russell Wilson, Garoppolo, and Deshaun Watson on the move. So we'll really see how loyal this Minnesota Vikings organization is to Kirk Cousins. But I want to really focus on the Tampa aspect of it and how the NFC South is going to have the most drastic change out of any division this year. Because in this offseason, you have a Panthers team with Sam Darnold, a Falcons team with an aging Matt Ryan, and a really talented roster with Kyle Pitts. They've got, they can re-sign Cordell Patterson, AJ Terrell. They've got a lot of things. I, I want to kind of be quiet because I can hear my brother's a really big Falcons fan now. And so if I say anything too loud, I can might hear boom, 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 burst of the door. Falcons? <laughs> Love you, buddy, if you're watching. But this is a division that's going to go undergo a lot of change. And it already really has. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, he's retired. The Saints, what are they going to do with Jameis Winston coming off an ACL injury? The whole Taysom Hill experiment has seemed to fade away with as quick as Sean Payton did this offseason with a retirement. So there's going to be a lot of dramatic change, and there already has begun one. So let's say Deshaun Watson gets traded to Tampa. That would be certainly interesting. What would Tampa Bay be willing to give up? Tampa Bay would obviously be the favorite in the division again. They would have their quarterback locked up again. That would be a really exciting team. Now, I think the NFC South, regardless, is still really wide open. You have an Atlanta Falcons team that was figuring out how to compete. They came together without Calvin Ridley, posted a 7-10 and 10 record, I think. Yeah, there were 7-10. and 10. And they're able to kind of put things together in the first year with Arthur Smith. The Panthers have a really talented roster, just no quarterback. The Saints, same way. They're in salary cap hell, and they don't really have a quarterback-defined situation. They could bring back Jameis, or they could stick with Taysom. So you put Deshaun Watson in that mix, and it really opens things up, and it makes it really, really fascinating. I'm really excited to see how this NFC South division breaks down as free agency comes, who can attract the most players, how much cap space will play a role into this? Will Sam Darnold get traded? How expensive will that be? What are teams doing, willing to take a chance on? Will Jimmy Garoppolo go to the Buccaneers? That's another one. Will Russell Wilson go to the Buccaneers? Because I think that Tampa can still win 
11, 12 games a year if they can add a talented quarterback into that. So add Deshaun Watson, add Jimmy Garoppolo, add Russell Wilson. You could potentially be looking at a Tampa Bay team that could still compete for a championship. It just depends on how they manage the quarterback situation, what's Bruce Arians going to do, what's Gronk going to do. There's a lot of moving parts now that Brady's gone. The whole gel of that super team, super team, was that Brady was there. So what happens when there's not a star quarterback? Do they kind of all split apart? Or do they keep the band together and try to make their own identity, try to make something of nothing at this point? This is a Tampa team that's probably, I, I saw there was a power ranking saying Tampa fell like to 24. I was like, dang, the Brady effect is already taking Jape for NFL writers. So we'll see how that plays out in the future. Okay, to wrap up before we take a break, not wrap up the show because we have mailbag questions. The CFP has decided to go back, decided to stay at four. And here's why I don't have a problem with it, at least for right now. And it's more or less because of this year. You have a brand new, you had new blood. There was no Clemson. There was no Ohio State. Yes, you had Alabama, but it was an Alabama team that was a little bit weaker. And we saw that in the national championship. You had Georgia and Michigan. You had enough new blood to kind of satisfy. And then Cincinnati, oh my gosh, I forgot about them. You had an you had a, a group of five team, you had a big 10 team, and then two SEC teams. So you kind of covered a big scope of geography in the United States for college football. Now, Oregon would have been nice representation. I'm a guy that if you're going to have four and you have a chance to get more geographic diversity in there and try to get more of the American populace involved in college football, because if it's just the South, then you're not really going to get as much viewership and not be able to make as much off of it. So having Cincinnati in there, having Michigan, having Georgia, new teams, keeping people interested, not having Bama win again, it was really good for college football. So I think they're good for right now to stick with four. I think that eventually they'll expand, but I think it only really should be to six or eight. 12 is a little bit ridiculous because you're going to start to get a quantity over quality. You're going to have teams like Pittsburgh, who was 12 this year, what if players still kind of opt out or Pittsburgh versus Alabama this year? Is it really going to go the same way? Now it could be like a March Madness thing where the, I uh, was like Oral Roberts beats Florida and you're like, Oh my gosh, Oral Roberts in the sweet 16. That's crazy. It's not going to be like the same football and basketball in terms of just like, there's so many different moving parts. I would love to see a 11 seed Michigan state beat Georgia and go to the national championship. That'd be crazy. But I don't know if it's as realistic as the talent that it's just so much. It's kind of hard to explain, but maybe we'll do an episode about why it would be different. And there's just the physical toll these guys are taking. These guys with Mark Vanness, they're used to the longer season. Basketball is a longer season in general. Football is not meant to be 24 weeks of just unreal. Keep going, especially for college players. They got to balance classes and now NIL and all this stuff. So I'm fine with it being four for now. Now, if we get back to the same formula, I won't complain if Clemson's involved, but if we get Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson every single year for like four straight years, I'm like, all right, let's get some new guys in there. Let's get some new blood. Let's keep my interest in it because as much as I love to see Clemson win every year, I do like a college football playoff that's interesting, unique, and different and kind of changes its, its identity in a way because you had an underdog in Cincinnati, you had new blood in Michigan and Georgia, and then the Goliath in Alabama, and that Goliath was taken down in a really entertaining football game. So I think four right now is perfect. 
but we'll have to eventually revisit it in the future if we want to have college football kind of stay interesting and unique to what it's been so far. All right, we're going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to talk your questions. I think we have about six or seven, a couple interesting ones. Can't wait to do it. All right, guys, see you in a bit. All right, guys, welcome back. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 73. Time to answer your questions. I have about seven, I think. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. I have seven. Yeah. Cool. I got it right. Okay, this one, first one. This one, first one comes. This one. <laughs> I love doing that. This one comes from Mikey. Mikey from Spanish class, because I got another Mikey coming up. So it's just going to like. So he asks, when, when will if at all, will Aaron Rodgers return? Now, the Packers have made a conceded effort to get it out in the media that they're going all in for Aaron. So I think it really just depends on Aaron Rodgers. I think that, honestly, he really doesn't – he's such a weird enigma and such a weird personality. The Packers could do this, this, and that, and he could just say, you know what, I want to retire. I want to do this with Jeopardy. I want to hang out with my – never mind. (laughs) Not the family stuff. Not with Aaron Rodgers, but maybe he just wants to do bigger and better things. Maybe the Denver thing seems appealing. I honestly don't have an answer for you. If I had to guess, I think he would be back because I think he really enjoyed this year with Matt LaFleur kind of letting him just be him. Let Aaron be Aaron, and it's just the unique guy that he is. So we'll see how that one goes. All right, I got two fun questions from Patrick. Pancakes, French toast, or waffles, and the top three people that I would want to interview. Okay, we're going to start with the most important one, which is the food. I'm a big waffles guy. I would love to. I would kill for some Waffle House waffles right now. But my top three people that I want to interview, number one would be Dabo Sweeney. And I know that some of you guys be like, oh, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, Clemson's Dabo Sweeney. I, I think I met Dabo Sweeney when I was a freshman in high school. The dude's honestly a stand-up guy, and I would be honored to have him on the show. The second one would be Belichick. I think that would be a very interesting interview just because of the whole like dynamic that he has and just so much you could ask him if he was willing to do it. And my third one would be Colin Coward because he's one of my favorite uh, broadcasters and an honorable mention would be Chris Fowler, which is one of my, my favorite college broadcaster, if not sports broadcaster ever. So it would be Dabo. uh, It would be Abbo Sweeney, Bill Belichick, Colin Coward, and Chris Fowler. Okay, my other Mikey on this list says, should the Steelers draft a QB or get a free agent quarterback? I think you do both. I think that you get, I think you have the perfect solution here, Mikey. I think the Steelers should draft a quarterback and they should get a bridge guy in Garoppolo. And I think the perfect quarterback for Pittsburgh, it could be Kenny Pickett, it could be Malik Willis, but I think you get Jimmy Garoppolo and let this quarterback class, because it's not as strong as a lot of people are letting on, if at all. So you let the quarterback that you draft develop, and then you get a guy like Garoppolo with this kind of Steelers roster to get you 10, 11 wins, get you in the playoffs, still be competing while you have a quarterback on the sidelines, ready to go in a couple of years, learn the system, learn the culture. Pittsburgh's a perfect place to do that. I would really like to see that from Pittsburgh. So there's your answer. All right, Mitchell asks, top three favorite NFL coaching hires. My first one is Brian Dable. I really like what that... New York dynamic could be for him. I like what he could do with Daniel Jones. And I'm just so happy that he's not in the Patriots division anymore. 
the way he developed Allen was unreal. So let's see how he can run the New York franchise. My second one is Doug Peterson. I'm really excited to see what this happens for. I'm really excited to see how this goes for Trevor Lawrence. I think that's the most important thing. It was the same thing with Urban Meyer last year saying, hey, Urban, Trevor Lawrence could be your quarterback, this future generational talent like Peyton Manning. This is where we could finally see the best version of Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. And I think a lot of people are excited for that. And my third one is Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, an offensive mind from Sean McVay paired up with the likes of Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Now, whether the Vikings go all in for a better quarterback or they stay with Kirk Cousins, this is a team where, where we don't really know what the Chicago, the Chicago dynamic is with Everflus. Detroit is always a mystery. And then Aaron Rodgers, yet again, will be a mystery with an early playoff exit. So this is a Vikings team that's really, really exciting. And I know we're kind of rapid firing it, but I just kind of like listing all this stuff off. So my brother, McGregor, the Falcons fan, as I mentioned earlier, says, what should they do in the draft? So for Atlanta, I think it's cold off on the quarterback. I think Matt Ryan has plenty left in the tank, and he could be a perfect bridge quarterback next year for stronger, potentially a potentially stronger QB class. I think the Falcons need to upgrade on offensive line, and if they can get it at their spot, that's perfect. I think at this point for Atlanta, it's best available. Try to get a receiver to pair with Kyle Pitts because I don't think Calvin Ridley's going to be on the team next year. Maybe try to get one of the stud defensive ends in Thibodeau or Hutchinson. But I think if you can get an offensive lineman, really protect Ryan and keep him healthy, that should be a priority. As long as, with, as, long as you get those free agents back, continue to develop this little roster that you have, I think getting an offensive lineman and boosting that protection for Ryan because he took a lot of sacks. He's not very mobile. He's If the pocket breaks down, he's not able to elude or able to see it. It's an, The play's over. It's a dead play. So being able to get a guy that can protect him, strengthen that line, it's very crucial. The next one is going to be from my friend Leah. It says, ideal, date spot. And it's not Valentine's Day. And it's kind of like a ooh kind of question. But uh, I'm just a movie dinner kind of guy. So that's a very simple question. But uh, that will wrap it up for our questions. And I'll wrap it up for this podcast. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. And if you enjoy these questions, we always do them about like once every 10 episodes or if there's something special, I like to do them and it can be anything. It can be asking me about pancakes or waffles, dating life, football, basketball, anything. As long as it's not like totally out of pocket, I will answer it. So thank you guys as always for just coming in, whether you're watching for five minutes or 25, I really appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your family about the show. As we continue to grow, we're trying to reach 4,500, 4,500 listeners i hope i said that right thank you guys as always check us out on spotify youtube apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts have a great week guys and take care